Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone on you with the pick and roll. Welcome to the show. It is the Pick and Roll Podcast. We are back and better than ever. And tonight is a very special episode, folks. It is, we are recording here on Monday, um, day before opening night of the 2019-2020 season. So we are excited to get the season rolling here. I am joined by always as my co-host, with my co-host, Al Hunter. What is going on, Al? Nothing much, Steve. I'm ready for ball, man. Only one more sleep and we're there. Yeah, buddy. Hell yeah. Into it here. I know you're pumped about your Celtics and we are going to talk about one Mr. Big Bags, Mr. Brown, <laughs> a little bit later. Yeah, um, Jalen Brown. He's Jalen Green. I saw that yeah, on Twitter. Jalen Green. Credit to whoever I saw that. <laughs> I feel like there's a Jalen Green somewhere out there. It is, it, it, there has to be another Jalen Green. That would be very confusing. Yeah, it was like a Celtics fanboy account. <laughs> uh, but we are uh, joined today by one Mr. Adam King of Fantrax and Rotowire. What is going on, man? Not much, man. Good to be here. Uh, my, it's only my second ever podcast, so uh, you're very early in my in my podcast life. Um, but good, yeah, good to be. As you said, it's exciting. It's only what is it now? Twenty twenty five hours until tip off. So, oh, there we uh, go. It's get, getting close. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's good to have you on, Adam. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been keeping in touch for a while now. Pretty much ever since you joined over at Fantrax. Uh, I don't know if the listeners know. I used to right over there for fantasy football and uh, I actually did a fantasy basketball podcast over there that's how me and Al met and boom we've come full circle and now you're on the show so it's good to have you on yeah no it's exciting to be here and and I did just google it and there is a Jalen Green who is an American basketball player so there you go <laughs> <laughs> well he doesn't have the money like JB that's... he does not have the money no no but we, we can talk about that contract a bit later yeah right yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, hey, let's let's just roll into it. You know, I mean, I do have on the show, Doc, that we were to talk about our fantasy league that the three of us are in together. But let's talk about some of this news and let's talk about Jalen Brown, because four years, one hundred fifteen million dollars um, really was a shock. I mean, this has to be the most shocking. Well, I don't know about that. There have been some pretty shocking contracts in the NBA. It's not as bad as Wiggins. What, what's that? It's not as bad as Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, that's that's no true. Well, hey, hey, be careful, Adam, because we do have a Celtics fan on the pod. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. That's, <laughs> but, you know, Al, I got to hear your perspective here. Um, so Jalen Brown obviously got paid. Danny Ainge hasn't signed anybody like this since Rajon Rondo, your boy. So how are you feeling about this? Yeah, he hasn't extended a rookie since Rondo, and I think it's uh, basically a decade. Um, I think uh, Jalen had the leverage. Um, I think he knew he was valuable to this team and he was going to walk and they had to pay him. And I think they paid him a little too much, but I think Danny Ainge is just taking all of his marbles and risking on the guy he drafted. And I think Jalen is going to – last year he was held back by the Kyrie situation. I know that sounds biased and an excuse, but I really think he's going to take a leap this year with Kyrie gone. And uh, like I said, I think they overpaid a little bit, but I think it's worth it. Yeah, you know – it kind of seems like he he really likes this team that he's built, right? And Kyrie getting away probably less, left a bad taste in Danny Ainge's mouth, you know? And I, it just kind of seems that way. Because, you know, we were talking off air, and it's, it's 
you know, he hasn't earned this quite yet. Like, you're right. Like, I mean, look, he brought, he had a great playoff run uh, a couple years ago. And, you know, it's, yes, that is true. But that's about the best we've seen of Jalen Brown. He hasn't put together a season yet. You know, he averaged 13 points last season. So it's, it's very unique for someone to get paid like this um, coming off of that kind of season. Adam, what are your thoughts on Jalen Brown uh, in general and then just this contract? Uh, yeah, look, a little bit mixed. I mean, I've got, I've got a, a good mate of mine who's a Celtics fan and, and he's, he's pretty into all the social media, um, the Celtics social media. And I, and I know, I mean, I, I get the, the feeling from him is that obviously the Danny Ainge um, loves him and they really like uh, what Jalen Brown brings. And I, I think even across the course of his career, he's probably going to be more of a, uh, one of those guys that's a lot better in reality rather than fantasy. Um, yeah. I tend to look at players from from a fantasy perspective, obviously. So I mean, I, I never draft Jalen Brown, and 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 I don't. I mean, he was he wasn't even a top one hundred and fifty player last season. So um, from a from a numbers perspective, I I think he he was overpaid. But as you said, he had a lot of leverage um, given that the Celtics had made it pretty clear that they didn't want to involve him in any trade talks. So I think he knew that he could hold out and get what he wanted. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, he's, if he's going to break out, it probably needs to be this season. And, and the, the Kyrie, the whole Kyrie thing had an impact on a lot of players, I think last season. So I think he's probably primed for, for a decent season and, and he really just needs to lift lift those percentages a little bit, especially from the free throw line. That's a bit of a, a flaw in his game there, but he's still very young. So, um, yeah, look, probably overpaid a little bit, but yeah. they have to do what they had to I do to keep you, him. So I think if you own Jalen Brown, like if you just drafted him and redraft um, this over the weekend, I think you've, you're pretty excited about this. I, and if you obviously in any sort of dynasty, you're, you're very excited about Jalen Brown. Um, you know, to for the Celtics to put their stamp on this player like this. Um, you know, it seems like they're, you know, obviously they don't want everyone to lose Jason Tatum, but it, it almost seemed like they are higher on Brown than, than Tatum. Um, so it's very interesting in that way. Um, yeah, Adam said it perfectly. I mean, they he had leverage because they wouldn't include him in big trades. I mean, um, we don't know if it was actually real – but it came out reports that um, there was actually a Kawhi Leonard deal on the table for the Celtics, but they didn't want to include Jalen Brown. Which so, they probably included Tatum, correct? I, I, I don't think they included either. These okay. are like – these are – Jalen and Jason are like Danny's two prized possessions. I right. mean, I know, I know Danny falls in love with a lot of guys, but these two guys are like what he thinks, you know, and these are the two guys he wants to go forward with. Obviously, right. Kelly too, but I'm talking about the guys he's drafted. Out right. of all the guys he's drafted, I mean, there's people – but, like, these two are, like, stick out like a sore thumb and guys that he wants to keep long-term. Yep. And that leverage just made him feel that he had to pay him, I think. I feel like he felt like he was going to lose him. And it's also interesting to note that, like, Jalen Brown has a really strong relationship with Greg Popovich. And I bet if we didn't sign him this uh, – we didn't agree to a deal, I bet he would have went and walked to the Spurs. I really do. Yep. But I'm happy they got the deal done. And um, his splits weren't that dramatic. But without Kyrie last year, Jalen scored three and a half more fantasy points per game. So in the full games without Kyrie. So I think that's notable. And uh, this goes via Taylor Snow, who writes for the Celtics.com. Um, Jalen Brown was the number one defensive rated player in the preseason at 63.9. And that's the whole NBA. Wow. So, I mean, I, I think th- the, 
the Celtics had the top three, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, it went Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Wendell Carter, the Greek freak, Giannis, J.J. Brea, and Ennis Cantor was at seven. J.J.? I know, that's great. J.J. Brea? Yeah, <laughs> But my point is I feel like they had to feel – they felt like they had to act on this now. And uh, they know who their core is, and I feel like it was the right move. You keep saying he got overpaid a little bit, but I think it was the right move by Danny Ainge. I do. So let's let's move on here because Buddy Heald also got paid four, four years – 94 mil and you know he was outdone by Jalen Brown really so you know Buddy Heald I like him as a player again another guy who hasn't really hit the potential yet but Vladi Divac really wanted to pay his guy and there was actually a clip that came out and Buddy Heald just threw down a dunk it wasn't anything crazy and he actually uh, gestured to Vladi like pay me and sure enough the next day he did and so it's very interesting to me you know for him to get this kind of money um, again, when he really hasn't earned it yet, in my opinion, I do think that we've seen Buddy Hield and what he can be, and there's still potential there. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on this? Al, I'll kick it to you here. What are your thoughts on Buddy Hield in this contract? Uh, I think his deal isn't that terrible. I mean, I think we have to realize that, like, everybody's getting crazy money thrown at him. I mean, uh, Jalen Brown was the fourth extension from the 2016 draft class that was over $100 million. So, I mean – these people are going to – they want to invest on their assets, their young assets, and they don't want to lose them. I mean, everybody sees how easily you could lose someone in the NBA nowadays. You know what I mean? So I feel like they – same with the Kings, same with the Celtics. They want to invest on the guys they have, and I don't think Buddy Heald's deal is that bad. Like you said, he really hasn't fully proved himself. I mean, Buddy Heald hasn't played in the playoff game yet compared to Jalen Brown, you know. But still, I, I don't think the deal is terrible considering their circumstances. Is that how you feel about it, Adam? Or are you kind of on the same page? Or do you think that Vladi just really overpaid? Uh, no, look, I prefer this deal to the Brown one. Um, and and I think the way it it, it reads like the way that it's structured is that his deal actually decreases every year. So I think it's a good one for the Kings because if if they um, if he sort of I mean if he has a, a big injury or he just tails off really badly in three years. Um, his salary is actually dropping every year. So um, shouldn't be that hard to move if they need to. Um, but, but I mean, and, and just from a, a, a player's perspective, I mean, I like Heald. I think he's, he's a really good fit for the Kings. Um, he had a breakout season last year. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got no issues with this, with this contract. And, and given, as you said, given what people are getting paid at the moment, um, I know on the, on the run sheet you 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 put that we talk about Heald and that we talk about Brown, but since that came out, there's been a couple more. So Sabonis has signed a four-year deal as well for about seventy-nine million. Dejounte Murray four years for sixty-four million. So I mean the money's getting thrown out there. So I, I think for what Heald is getting and for what he brings to the team, um, he's a good fit next to um, Darren Fox. Um, he doesn't. He's not a sort of a a renowned perimeter scorer. So I think having healed next to him is a good fit. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely a good fit. And I love the idea of them building around healed and potentially Fox uh, for, for years. I think that's very smart of the Kings to do. So that's a great call. Um, definitely surprised on the Jante Murray signing, you know, I mean, coming off the injury, you don't expect something like that. I mean, were you guys shocked by that? No, I thought that, um, was, I thought that was a really good deal on their end. But like you said, yeah, it did yeah, kind of go on, Adam. Sorry. Oh yeah, look, I I agree. I, I think um, 
there's a lot of upside there. I mean, coming into last season, he he had so much hype around him before he did his knee. So, um, and and they've run with him in the preseason as the starting point guard. There was a a few people sort of wondering how they were going to play him and Derek White together, or whether they would whether they would split minutes. But I mean, based on what we've seen, I think it's it's pretty clear that Murray is the guy that they see. Um, as their future and, and and I think getting him for 64 million I mean it's a bit of a risk coming off that injury but if he turns into the player that that they expect him to be then that could be a bargain yeah and he's looked great in the preseason yeah yeah and it's definitely a risk like you said but I mean I think the three of us would easily say that Murray is in a, def- a different class than Derek White um, so when people were calling for White to potentially start or whatever, you know, that, that was, was incorrect. But, you know, with, with Murray, yeah, it, they didn't say, you know, the Spurs didn't say, okay, prove it. Prove that you're healthy. Prove that you can put together, you know, a season. They said, okay, no, you're, you're our guy. And, you know, I think it, it, it says a lot about, like, you know, how they view this player and what he means to them at this point. I mean, you know, if they can keep – that nucleus of him and DeMar um, together, I think that's amazing. I, I just think that, you know, that has a lot to do with it, that maybe they're afraid that eventually they will lose DeMar DeRozan um, and that they need to keep some sort of structure there as far as star power, as far as talent. Um, you know, you have Aldridge getting older. Um, so it, it's very interesting. I, I, I do like it. It's just so, you know, you don't expect that from the Spurs, especially coming off, you know, with a guy coming off of such a major injury. So let's move on. Speaking of major injury, it's, it, this Zion thing is bigger than we thought, guys. And, you know, we were on the other night out and you're like, yo, what is all this coming out right now about Zion? Like, what is going on here? Yeah, right. It's so random. <laughs> so very random, very all of a sudden. And it escalated very quickly because he just had surgery today. He is out six to eight weeks, guys. And, you know, they kind of downplayed this. Uh, you know, it really, I didn't expect six to eight weeks. I didn't expect this kind of thing to be uh, that serious. Now, you could look at it from the other perspective. Look, hey, it's only six to eight weeks. You know, at least, we, you know, we get him back for the fantasy season. But a lot of people already drafted. And they drafted Zion maybe in the second round. I mean, this hurts for fantasy. So let's not dwell on that too much. Uh, Adam, I'll throw it up to you. Who do you think benefits the most of these Pelicans players with the increased usage with Zion out? Uh, I think, well, I think there'll be a few. Um, I think um, it sounds like they might look at starting JJ Redick. I mean, I think it's going to be a bit match, it's sort of be matchup based, but Favors, obviously, uh, he's been pretty bad this preseason. So I, and I have him in a lot of leagues. I drafted. I mean, I, my first draft was in uh, early July, um, and so I I grabbed favors in that one, and, and I've got him. Actually, I got Zion in that team as well. Um, so I'm and, and favors was sort of starting to trend down a little bit with his performances, but so I think with with Zion out. Um, it's going to a lot of the rebounding and that is going to fall back on favors. So I'm hoping that that helps him. Um, Brandon Ingram, uh, it sounds like he will start at the power forward. So I think he, he's um, automatically he's going to benefit. Um, yeah, Redick, um, obviously he could get some more minutes. Um, could could start. I, th- I think it's going to have to be a bit of a a by committee sort of approach. Um, I don't think there's one player that benefits a whole lot, but there's a few that, that all get a bit of a bump up, I think. 
Um, yeah. You think that's the case, or you think there's one like uh, clear winner? I think the main clear winner might be Brandon Ingram. I feel like he's the one that's going to garner most of the usage because, like you said, he might start at power forward. The rumor is that they're going to go with a super small lineup with Lonzo, Drew, JJ, Brandon Ingram at the four, and then Favors at the five. So, I mean, if Ingram's playing the four, he's going to get more rebounds, and I think his usage will go up. I think he's probably the main beneficiary, but I also think Drew's usage is going to go up, and I think Lonzo will see a slight uptake in his too. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize their big men now because we talk about it all the time, Steve, and I bet Adam agrees after he just said his comments about Derek Favors. Derek Favors can't play a lot. He can't play over 25 minutes a game. So it's going to be interesting what, to see what they do with Nicola Melli, Kenrich Williams, um, and Julio Okafor. It's going to see like how they rotate those guys because one of those guys is going to have an impact, especially tomorrow night. I think one of those guys, they're all almost near – minimum salary on DraftKings, and I think one of them is going to have a night. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes up. And like you said, it sucks for all the people that took him in the second round. I mean, Zion's preseason hype was just through the roof. And, I mean, don't blame anyone for that. Zion looked awesome, but it sucks what happened. And I guess we should have held back a little bit, but it's all good. We'll so, so where would you guys take him now in a draft? That's a good question. Knowing he's out six to eight weeks, yeah. he's probably – fifth round pick i was gonna say six yeah yeah i think he's i think you'd put him well i mean yeah six to eight weeks who knows whether whether i'd I'd say it will be closer to eight um given how cautious they want to be with him but it's sort of a similar time frame i think to probably what they were saying for oladipo so um and, and he was sort of going around that mark as well i think sort of the sixth round so, yeah, I, I think – unless you've got an IR spot. I've got an IR spot in a few leagues. And yeah, I, um, there, I tend to agree with you, Al. I, w- I was thinking that the biggest beneficiary here is Brandon Ingram because we know who Drew Holiday is. Um, I don't know if he gets an increase that much. I mean, the team itself is going to rely on Holiday a little bit more for scoring, it would seem. But I also think that that's the case for Brandon Ingram um, where – you know, we, I think Holiday is going to get his regardless with Zion on the court or not, where Brandon Ingram, now he's almost like the second scorer on this team. Like, if you think – if you thought that Zion might be, you know, uh, the better scorer than Brandon Ingram, which still not, not really sure. With all of them on the floor together, I'm not sure who would be the primary scorer. But I think this gives Brandon Ingram at least the opportunity – to get a lot of usage and to still improve with his game. And, you know, he really hasn't come into his own. He's still very young um, and he still obviously needs to, you know, adjust to the game, which I think he's doing very, very uh, gradually. So kind of excited about Brandon Ingram this year. Um, and, you know, just to swing it in a positive for this Zion injury, at least maybe, you know, this gets, you know, Brandon Ingram uh, a chance to improve from a fantasy perspective and real life. Uh, but, Definitely hoping you guys are talking about it. You know, it's just getting me just just open up my eyes a little bit about Jackson Hayes potentially getting some usage. Like, look, if Derek <laughs> favors, it's only getting 20, 25 minutes, and now we have no Zion. I'm, that's that opens the door just a little bit more for Jackson Hayes to see some minutes here. So, I'm hoping for that. Yeah, I'm in the same boat in our in our industry league. I drafted Brandon Ingram, and with my last pick, I drafted Okafor. So. I'm benefiting from this for sure. <laughs> I I, th- I actually think favors. Yeah, I actually think favors will play more minutes than you guys are saying, but my, uh, not by a lot. But I, I think they might try and push him up to about twenty-eight. Yeah, so I mean, without Zion, yeah. 
that's reasonable, yeah. but I mean, he can't go over thirty. I mean, the guy. I don't the, so, the, no. Yeah, the guy was questionable with soreness for tomorrow. I mean, like. Yeah. It's just yeah. like I, Derek Favors. His he's made a glass man. His track record with in, injuries is just. I don't know. Yeah. I, I can't expect much. I can't. So Dion Waiters, it came out that he is suspended for game one of, uh, for Wednesday. Um, and they will be playing the Grizzlies. Uh, I wasn't, I didn't really see why he was suspended. It was like conduct detrimental to the team. Did you guys see why he was suspended? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know until you put it in the run sheet and I thought I better research it because I really don't care. But um, <laughs> wait, waiters, uh, yeah, apparently he basically had a tantrum on the bench, I think, uh, in the last preseason game because of his um, lack of playing time. I mean, he, he came into the, the preseason, the season, sort of talking about how he's, he's lost this weight and he's ready to go and, and he was... Um, well, I don't know whether he was assuming, but he was talking about starting, and and I think uh, it's pretty clear that they're not going to start him. Um, so he he had a bit of a tantrum, and then that led to a yeah one game suspension, and then he got onto Twitter and and said a few things as well about um, Eric Spolstra and Tyler Hero. So uh, yeah, Pat Riley put out a statement that said there was a multiple incidents, and that was kind of like the. Uh, Ice on, icing on the cake, if you want to put it, was yeah. his like, temper tantrum on the bench during the preseason game. And then it was on Instagram, I think. Oh, and Instagram, yeah. Okay. Yeah, someone, someone was like, uh, Tyler Hero is working harder than him, and he's better anyways. And Waiters responded, LOL. And then there was another one, and Waiters responded that he was like, yeah, I want to win a title with Wade and LeBron too, like referring to Spolstra. So, yeah. I mean, he's sour. He's always been a baby, but – yeah, he definitely yeah. Is a baby. Like I said, I don't really care. I mean, I would never draft him. I'd, I've never even considered drafting him. I don't think. I think Tyler Hero will play more minutes and, and looks like he'll be a better player anyway. So, Yeah, tell yeah. us, Steve. Tell us about your boy Tyler Hero. I'm about to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, here's the thing. I'm hoping that he starts because if he does, he's obviously uh, putting himself in a position to potentially keep that job because – it seems like Dion Waiters is doing everything he can to not start. Um, so, you know, look, if he kind of felt like he wasn't going to, the best way to approach it would be just play, man. I mean, look, you're going to get the minutes. Even if you're coming off the bench, man, come in game one, outplay whoever you got to outplay. You're a professional in this league. You're a good enough scorer. Just go out and play. But he kind of dug himself a little hole there. And Tyler Hero is – he's ready. I mean, he's game ready. We've seen it. Jimmy Butler is endorsing this guy as much as he can. And, you know, look, yeah, it doesn't really matter because why would you draft Deion Waiters? That's a good point, Adam. But it does matter because I do think that guys like Hero, guys like Dragic, people like that, uh, Justice Winslow, you know, they're all going to be more relevant in this game now just because of the usage. And they don't have to worry about Deion Waiters taking their, you know, taking their minutes. And we all know that he's, you know, he needs the ball to score. He needs to create his own shot. So this works for all parties involved. Um, and I, I think their lineup is way better without waiters in it. I really do. Um, yeah. So it, yeah. All he benefit from this. Yeah, it's unfortunate that this news came out as soon as it did. Because if it came out tomorrow, Tyler Hero would probably be thirty five hundred dollars on DraftKings for Wednesday night. But now he's going to be like forty five because they got a heads up on him starting. But. Either way, I think Hero's going to flourish if he starts, for sure. 
So let's get into this Champions of the Universe League. So this is a, a nine-cat Roto League that Adam King was generous enough to start, and it has 20 of... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pretty much some of the biggest names in fantasy basketball. Um, It's star-studded, and it was uh, was all over Twitter when we were drafting. Um, So Adam and a couple other of the guys did a good job of posting the picks. Uh, So let's just talk about this league, and hopefully it kind of gives you guys some – some help on your own leagues, um, you know, because we were talking about during the draft, we were like, wow, this is like, you if you were following this right now per pick, this is kind of a good guide for you for your draft. So, Adam, I'll chalk it up to you. Just tell everyone who is on your team and then give like a quick little summary of like what you were thinking for the strategy of the draft. Yeah, okay. So I had uh, I had the ninth pick right in the middle. So it wasn't too bad. I don't mind being in the middle. Um, I took Lillard with my first pick, um, pretty safe pick there. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. I took with my second pick. Um, I could, if he can avoid fouls, I think I think he could push the top twenty this season. I mean, that's that's in a best case scenario, but but I, I don't mind him there. It's probably a bit higher than than most people would go on him. But I also just didn't want. I knew if I passed on him, Jonas Nader would take him and I didn't want Jonas to get him. So um, Otto Porter with my next pick, Marvin Bagley with my fourth pick, Fred Van Fleet, Cody Zeller, uh, Pat Beverly, Joe Harris, Will Barton, uh, Bruce Brown, Christian Wood, Daniel Tice, uh, Robin Lopez and Glenn Robinson the third. So that was that was my team. Yeah, and look, I mean, being a roto league, I was just trying to to cover all bases there, trying to to work on um, getting categories that I needed at each pick. Um, my favourite pick, I think. So you put in the run sheet. You, we, we'll talk about our favourite pick. Um, I didn't, I didn't really have a clear favourite pick. I think if I had to pick one, it would probably be Fred Van Fleet. Um, I got him, so he was my fifth pick at pick eighty nine. And I think best case scenario this season, he could be top 60. Uh, I'm not sure that'll happen, but he, he's had a good preseason. Uh, he, whether he starts, I think there, there's still a bit of um, conjecture there as to whether he starts or whether Norm Powell starts. Um, either way, uh, I think Van Fleet will be getting over 30 minutes a night, 32, 33 minutes a night. Uh, and and over the last month, last season, he was a top 75 player uh, in just 30 minutes a game. So I think he could only go up from there. So so I really like Van Fleet there. And then I, I think I followed that up with my least favourite pick, which was Cody Zeller. Um, on a per-game basis, I, I think that's about right. I think he's a top 100 player, but I'm not sure how many games he plays, given how bad Charlotte are going to be. Uh, and how good PJ Washington's been in the preseason. If if Zeller gets uh, his fingernail breaks, they're going to keep him out for a week. It's, uh, <laughs> so I don't mind him on a per game basis there, but uh, I mean realistically, he could he could play fifty or sixty games, and 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 they wouldn't um, they wouldn't care less really. So 
Yeah, so that's my team. All right, yeah. I mean, I really do like uh, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I think that would be one of my favorite picks that you made just based on the value. Um, so I, I would agree with you. I mean, obviously my favorite, favorite pick of yours was Marvin Bagley. And, you know, I was right behind you in the draft. So uh, actually I was right in front of you. I'm sorry. So I had the eighth pick. Uh, yeah. But then on the back end, you uh, you were able to get in front of me for Marvin Bagley. I was really just about to pick him. Um, and then you just you snatched him up. Um, but I think that Bagley is going to have an outstanding year. I think Van Fleet has the potential to have a good year too. But like you said, he's battling for a starting spot, and I think that at this point we thought that it would be a little bit more, uh, a little bit more clear that it would be Van Vliet. So obviously he's not um, he's not earning it. But look, I mean, when it comes down to it, yeah, I think he's the better player. Um, I think that he can do more for this team when it comes to his three point shooting. So it, it, I think Van Vliet will eventually win that starting. And I I think whether he starts or not, I mean, I I could see him closing out a lot of games. Um, And their reasoning, I guess, for running him with that second unit might be the fact that uh, he's he's, um, passing ability. So they may look to slot him in there to to run the point as opposed to running next to Kyle Lowry. Yeah, my favorite pick of yours, Adam, is uh, Christian Wood, second to last pick. I mean, after the news today that they were, the Pistons are waving Joe Johnson and keeping Christian Wood, I think that's huge. Yeah, I, I, I was – it was between uh, Van Fleet and Christian Wood for my favourite pick, actually. Um, Wood uh, won me a few leagues last season. Um, with He was uh, – yeah, he was sort of a top – over the last month, he was a top 50 player um, in, and only played 23 minutes a game. So, he has just – yeah, so he, he's made the roster in Detroit. And, I mean, I would be playing him over uh, Thon Maker. I don't – I don't know exactly where they see him fitting, but given how well he's he's gone in the preseason and Blake Griffin is already questionable for for the first game, so um, there's reason to think that that Griffin will miss time this season. Um, he hasn't got a great track record with injuries, so if if Griffin does miss time, Wood could potentially start uh, next to Drummond. I think they were playing them together in their last preseason game, which was interesting. Um, so, I mean, if, if he can, if he can get 20 minutes a game at, at sort of a, at a combination of both the power forward and the center spots, then I think he could, uh, easily beat, um, his ADP. Yeah, for sure. He's such a good point per minute basis guy. So if he gets any amount of playing time, he's going to produce. Yeah. And like you, like you said last season, he had some huge games when he was still in New Orleans. So I, I really like that pick. Yeah. Awesome. Now let's talk about your team. All right. Um, I started off with Kemba Walker. Then I got Luca, DeMar DeRozan, Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, who we were just talking about, Colin Sexton, R.J. Barrett, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Morris, Jarrett Culver, Jay Crowder, and I closed out with Jaleel Okafor. I picked uh, from the 19th spot. So, I mean, that wasn't really ideal. I was hoping for something like in the top 10, but it's all good. Um, my favorite pick was probably Jarrett Culver. I thought he was going to go way earlier in uh, – we talked about it on previous shows. I think he has a really good opportunity to hopefully become that fifth main player in Minnesota. I think that number two spot is wide open, that fifth starter spot. And I think Jared Culver is really an interesting prospect who can really like ball handle. He can play on both ends of the floor. I think he's going to bring something to Minnesota that they're lacking. And if it's not from the start of the season, I think at the end of the season, he will have a prominent role in that offense. And probably my least favorite pick, uh, it's tough. Probably Colin Sexton, yeah, for sure. 
Um, I think it's tricky to see what's going to happen with him and Garland on the same team, but I thought, you know, like starter value there, I kind of took him with the idea that he'll continue to play 30 minutes a night, but Colin Sexton's not my favorite player. So I'd say he's my least favorite pick. Overall, I kind of, I like my draft now that I keep looking at it, but yeah, Sexton's not the guy yeah, I wanted. You were, you were uh, naming off some scores there. I mean, you got Schroeder, you got Sexton, you know, like you said, it's kind of questionable, but I mean, he could definitely score the ball if he gets the minutes, Ingram. Um, so there's a lot there, a lot of talent there. Yeah, the main the main problem with my team and, uh, is I drafted three Knicks. I got R.J. Barrett, I got Julius Randle, and I got Marcus Morris. I mean, that's a lot to be investing in the David Fisdale mind of the New York Knicks. So, <laughs> right. yeah, you definitely have a lot. I mean, like Kemba, Luca, and DeRozan. That's pretty yeah. awesome, right there. I think you got a lot of good value with DeRozan there. Yeah, I think my first five picks are really good, especially with the Zion news, though, because I got Brandon Ingram in the fifth round. And if his usage actually goes up, like we're predicting, I think he's a really good value right there. Definitely. And I think there's a huge ceiling, a higher ceiling than most uh, most analysts are giving him credit for, for uh, Julius Randle. There's a big ceiling this year as far as fantasy goes. And, yeah, that that kind of lays in the hands of Fisdale, um, unfortunately. But, I mean, he really could have a great fantasy season for you. Yeah, well, it all remains to be seen when it's the Knicks. Yeah, and I think when you when you mentioned the Ingram pick there in round five, you need to, uh, I guess, just remind people that that was it was basically pick a hundred. Because right. if, if you say round five, I guess people who who aren't like too familiar with um, deep drafts and that sort of thing, so uh, round five is normally around pick fifty or sixty, whereas this is pick a hundred. So there is a, there is value there. Yeah, 20-man league, it's super deep. I've never done a league this deep. Have you guys? This is really deep. Is this a mistake? Was was uh, Did Jason mean to pick Robert Covington in, in the second round? Uh, yes, he would have. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he must be a yeah. Minnesota fan. That is shocking. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, so Jason, he, he writes for fan tracks with me, um, and we've had a lot of discussions about Covington and I may have influenced that pick a little bit um but yeah look Covington I have him in a ton of leagues and he's constantly overlooked and I mean last I think last season he was on a per game basis he was the 17th ranked player um wow and this season I think I've got him where are we in my ranking I've got him inside the top 40 um probably at about 30 I would say well, I yeah. mean, when we're t- when we're talking categories like this, I mean, Covington could be up there in steals for sure. I mean, he's yeah. team all defense. So, I mean, yeah, the, I, the defensive well, side's there. Yeah, look, he's he's two blocks, one steal, uh, two steals, one block per game, um, two and a half threes. Uh, he's he's going to be playing more at the power forward now, uh, and I mean, we've seen his rebound numbers. He had nineteen rebounds the other day in a preseason game. I think he had back-to-back double-digit rebound games. Um, scoring for him is is sort of the, the weakest category, I guess, um, with assists, but he'll still get he'll still get near, nearly 15 points and um, he's solid from the free throw line, doesn't turn the ball over. So um, yeah. he's a little bit like Otto Porter. He sort of, he, his value is, is very sneaky. He doesn't, he's not really good at one thing other than steals. Um, but he's good across the board. So, so yeah, yes, he went to take him there. There's just so much talent that went, you know, after him, like Chris Paul, Ben Simmons, Porzingis, you know, it's really tough to fathom 
that uh, that that Robert Covington is a second round pick. So hey, um, when you want someone, you got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> especially in that league, you know, you had to, yeah. you had to do that. Yeah. You had to reach on some picks. So yeah, well, he's picking it at pick forty there, so he's got pick forty and forty one, so he's not back on the clock until pick eighty. So right, if you if you want someone, you need to get him. That's true. Very, very good point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So my my team is LeBron James. Uh, got him at the eighth pick. Uh, second round came back with Ben Simmons, Zach Levine, John Morant, Stephen Adams, Kyle Kuzma, which I think was a little bit of a reach. Uh, I'll admit. Um, Willie Cully Stein, Tyler Hero, Bobby Portis, uh, Mario Hazonia, uh, Jake Lehman, and Jackson Hayes, and then. There was there were picks after that, correct? I mean, I know I got Carson Edwards. Yeah, we went fourteen deep. So you took Avery Bradley and Carson Edwards. Avery Bradley, Carson Edwards. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh, yeah. all right. That's making sense now. I do remember. <laughs> having, uh, yeah, I remember having more picks, but uh, the screenshot. Yeah, you're right. I I did think I'd end up with four rookies, and I think you know, Adam, you guys posted a uh, like average age, and I think mine was one of the youngest for sure. I didn't think yeah. I'd end up with four rookies. Definitely didn't mean to. Um, you know there's just so much unknown with the rookies that it all looks good and on draft day, especially in this deep league where, you know, Oh man, this guy's ceiling. And I just, I, before I picked, you know, I'm looking at Carson Edwards and I'm like, man, you know, this guy can really score the ball. I make the pick and then he has that fantastic preseason game. So I'm feeling really good about that. Just on like, you know, one of my last picks of the draft or my la- very last pick of the draft. So I'm feeling good about this. I would say my favorite pick would have to be Ja Morant. Um, I'm viewing Ja as potentially having a better season than Trey Young had last year. So Trey Young averaged 18 and eight. Um, started off kind of, you know, he didn't shoot as well from three as we thought he could. Uh, and then obviously he he improved as the season went on and he became the three point shooter that you wanted. Um, but even Trey is gonna he's gonna improve greatly in year two but I'm thinking that John Morant he's gonna have so much usage on this team just kind of like Trey Young did last year Um, but I'm thinking he can put up something more like 21 and 10 around those numbers I really do believe he can average in between eight and 10 assists per game and I compared it you know to Russell Westbrook in the sense of he just gonna have the ball so often he's gonna get a lot of Russell Westbrook type assists where he drives to the lane because he's going to be pretty ferocious when it comes to driving to the lane and people are going to collapse on him, and he'll be able to dump it off. And Jonas Valanciunas is very intricate to, you know, how uh, John Morant will be as far as his assist. I do believe that he's going to get, you know, three or four assists a game just to Jonas alone. Um, So I'm liking that combination. I like Morant there. Uh, My least favorite, it's got to be Bobby Portis. Because Portis is really <laughs> – he's not somebody you really want in fantasy. I mean, he has these boom or bust games as we've seen in the past. I don't think that's going to change with the Knicks. I think that he's going to give you very nice fantasy games, but you're going to have to decide, you know, which games to play and which games not. You know, it's, it's going to be very frustrating for somebody like Portis. And I'm in a position, you know, since I mentioned I drafted Kyle Kuzma and Willie Cauley-Stein. Both of these guys are injured, so I have to play Portis uh, in this type of situation. Um, so definitely not excited about that pick. So you're saying you don't like my team because I got all the Knicks? Is that what you're saying, Steve? <laughs> Is that what you're saying, man? Kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, no, me, same here. I have, I have the same thoughts. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so Adam, uh, real quick, you know, so we were, we talked, we were going to talk about, you know, who, which team is the best of these three. So I'll just let you kind of paint the picture for, you know, the, uh, the projected standings of, of the three of our teams. Uh, yeah. So, so I, um, I put our teams into basketball monster and came out with the, the projected standings. So, uh, Steve came out on top, um, projected to come sort of th- around third. It's pretty close up there. There's only, what have we got? One, there's seven, seven points between one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 11 teams. So it's very close oh, wow. that is at the top. Um, so, but Steve third, uh, I'm sixth and Al is I think 11th. But as I said, the, the difference in, in total points is not much. So, um, yeah, look, I think with such a deep league, it's really hard to, to get a read on the standings because yeah. a lot of one, after about pick 150, it's really just the throw of a, a throw of a dart. Like any of those players could turn into to something special or could completely flop, and you're just going to drop them and pick someone else up. So, um, but when we so when we were off air before we came on, we were actually sort of talking a little bit about strategy in Roto and it it tends to be all the accepted strategy uh, is sort of that you want to be decent across the board and and not not punt uh, as as much as as you would in maybe a head-to-head league um which is what I tried to do and and, and a few others tried to do but Steve so in five of the categories your top three top top four so projected to finish top four in five of the categories and then you're projected to finish bottom three in four of the categories. So very heavy in five categories and, and, and not as good in, in those other four. So that's interesting that that, that, that worked for you. Um, you know, that shows that, that's just that kind it, of my it style, can be done. You know? Yeah. That's just kind of my style, you know. I just kind of living on the edge. Always, <laughs> yeah. living, always living on the edge. Um, but I did feel, you know, I was getting good value there. Obviously, in the eighth pick, if you can get LeBron – And I was seeing this a lot even before this draft where LeBron is just a back and, you know, back of the first round pick. Um, Yeah. In this case, that was about middle of the pack here in the first round of 20 teams. But I knew that LeBron might be available. And I said, if he was, then I probably was going to get him. Um, So I'm feeling really good about that pick, especially, uh, you know, he's going to start at point guard. So, you know, you got two point guards there in LeBron and Ben Simmons that obviously do a lot more for the team than just get assists. So yeah. I was feeling feeling good to build around those guys. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts from, from this league before we move on? Um, who, did you, who did you guys want in the first round? At, you mean at the pick that we were at or just if we had pick one, who would we take? Yeah, who would you take? It? Yeah, sure. Let's do it that way. Who would you take at pick one? I'd take Cat. You'd take Cat? What about you, Steve? Yeah. Wow. Cat uh, over AD. That's – I – I probably would have gone James Harden, but knowing I, I think Anthony Davis is the pick. I think Anthony Davis is the right pick in my opinion, but I probably would have gone Harden. Yeah, I think AD is the the choice, but I think I might have gone Steph. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think Steph's gonna be MVP this season. Yeah. I really oh, there's a case for any of those guys. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um so let's just talk about a matchup before we get out of here. We're going to talk about a matchup on, uh, on Wednesday night. We're not, we've already talked about the Tuesday night games. Uh, you can go back to our last episode 
and check out uh, us talking about the opening night slate. Uh, but for now, we're going to talk about the Wednesday night slate. Um, just talking about a game that we like from a fantasy perspective that we're really excited about. And we just talk about some of the guys that we think are going to be relevant for this contest. Um, so, Al, uh, start us off here. What game are you looking forward to on Wednesday? Uh, the game I am looking forward to most is Mavs versus Washington versus the Wizards. The Mavs are at home, and uh, I'm excited to see the return of the White Unicorn, Kristaps Porzingis, and going against – Washington that we know is going to be a terrible defense and I'm also excited yeah I'm also excited to see on the other side of things is uh Rui Hachimura's debut NBA debut uh I called him I trademarked it the Japanese hatchet I think he's a real contender for rookie of the year especially with Zion going down and I think he's gonna be one of the most fantasy relevant rookies this season so I'm excited to see his debut and I'm excited to see Kristaps back and I'm excited to see how he mixes with Luka so I think that's my favorite game you know, that's a great, great point, man, is that this injury is definitely going to make people question if Zion will deserve rookie of the year, even if he comes in and, and really does play. You know, I mean, um, Ja and and uh, and Rui are both going to have a chance at that for sure. Absolutely, dude. Uh, so, uh, Adam, let's chalk it up to you. What is the game that you're looking forward to? Uh, so I had initially picked, um, the Memphis Miami game, but you went with that game. So I had to change my mind. Um, so I decided to go with Chicago Charlotte, uh, which is probably not the most appealing game, um, in terms of teams that are going to finish, um, in, in the playoff race, that sort of thing. But I just think, um, given how bad Charlotte are going to be, there's a lot of unknowns there with their rotations, um, could be a, a lot of fantasy value. I'm interested to see how Rosier goes. He's had a pretty strong preseason. Um, so I'm, I'm keen to sort of keep an eye on him. Um, Dwayne Bacon as well. I've ended up with him in a lot of my teams. Uh, so I'm, and, and he'll be starting, I think. So, so I want to see how he goes. PJ Washington has been one of the more hyped guys coming out of the preseason. Uh, as I mentioned before, when I was talking about... Um, Cody Zeller, I, I think I think PJ Washington has done enough to earn a starting spot and, and he'll probably start at the power forward spot. But if, if Zeller goes down, they can easily slide him over to center or um so I'm just I'm just really interested to see how they run their rotations and their minutes distribution. And then for Chicago, um pretty much the same. I mean, I think the starters are, are pretty locked in now, but how they work through that bench uh, is going to be interesting. Um, I'm keen to see Sadoransky, see how he goes um, having a full sort of first season in charge of a team or running a team. So Wendell Carter Jr. is a little bit of an unknown just with his his injuries and that sort of thing. I think if he can put a healthy season together, he, he could be really good. Uh, and also Daniel Gafford. Um, he was He was really impressive in summer league. And he, well, he, um, he'll be sort of in the rotation over um, Felicio. And I think he's not going to get a lot of playing time, but he does bring a lot of energy. And, and as I said, if, if Carter Jr. gets injured, then Gafford could slide into that starting spot. So I'm interested to see how they use him as well. Love it, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, like you mentioned, I chose Miami Memphis and it just gives me a chance to talk about my players. You know, I've talked about them. Uh, a good amount on, on this pod, uh, but we'll start on the Grizzlies side. You know, obviously John Moran, excited to see what he can do uh, against this Heat team. 
Um, and then, of course, you got Valanchunas, who is, should be primed for a big fantasy year. I think, you know, we're all kind of calling for a big uh, Jonas year. So if he doesn't put that together, I think we're all going to be very disappointed. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., obviously a lot of hype surrounding this guy. Um, so it would be very interesting to see. Um, I, I'm not sure what to make of Josh Jackson. I mean, Al, you kind of threw a wrench into my Josh Jackson uh, hype, saying that he might go down to the D League for a couple games. <laughs> yeah, is they, that how they're treating him over there? Yeah, they sent him to the G League. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be available Wednesday. Well, I still call it the D League. It's yeah, the G League. Yeah, whatever. I mean, the D League's the OG name. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, but I'm actually excited. I haven't talked about this guy. I'm excited about Grayson Allen to see what he can do because I think this is a guy who has the potential to not necessarily break out this year, right? But he could put together some nice, uh, a nice stretch for you in fantasy this season. And I think eventually, you know, what we can see from him in, you know, this year and the next couple of years is, you know, a guy who can maybe put together, you know, 15 points a game uh, on a night especially if he gets the kind of usage, um, you know, they have no reason not to play Grayson Allen. You know, they're not, you know, going to be trying to win a championship this year. Uh, he, he's very young, and I think he's in a good situation with Ja, who can only make Grayson better. Uh, they, they like playing with each other. So that's somebody who I'm kind of excited about. You know, I don't, I don't want to, like, put any, all my eggs in that basket, but I just feel like he has potential here. Um, and then on the other side, of course, Tyler Hero. Really want to see what he's got. You know, Deion Waiters being suspended was was very nice for anyone who is excited about Tyler Hero. Uh, I guess it hasn't been announced yet if he's going to start or not. I would imagine he does. Uh, I'd be surprised if he, if he doesn't. Maybe they want to put Justice Winslow out there. You know, that, that could happen. You know, where they put Jimmy at the two and then put Justice Winslow at the three. I think that would make a lot of sense just because, you know, look, he's a rookie. He hasn't come on. You know, I think we're all very excited for it. Uh, based on the preseason, but you know, I I could see a situation where Justice is starting there. Um, I do like Justice Winslow. Uh, you know, I do want to see how he comes off the bench and see if he could be fantasy relevant. Um, you know, uh, Dragic is also I think kind of underrated still. You know, he's a starting point guard on what I think is going to be you know a, a team that isn't going to you know no one's really thinking about them to be you know a playoff contender or anything like that right now, there's a higher seed. I really do think they have a chance to be like a fourth or fifth seed in this Eastern Conference if all things can come together. Um, and Jimmy Butler could put together, you know, one of his best seasons uh, just with the makeup of his team. Of course, you can't forget about Bam. That's our boy. And, I was you know, waiting for it, Steve. I was yeah, like, when are you going to say Bam, dude? <laughs> and he would be, you know, like I said, the Jonas would be a disappointment. He would be the big disappointment, you know, and I, I don't see it happening. I think that he's going to come out. Uh, and really shine in this environment uh, against the Grizzlies. So looking forward to that. I think it's all going to be put together for the Miami Heat in this contest. Any other games just to throw out there real quick? Um, I think Celtics 76ers is really interesting. I think yep. from a real basketball standpoint and fantasy-wise, I think Embiid could have a really big night against the Celtics interior court without Al Horford there anymore. You know, as you all know, Al Horford's part of the 76ers, but – Right. I mean, Al Horford was the key to stopping Embiid when they always matched up. So I think Embiid might have a field day. Um, it's another lineup. No, we don't know yet, though. We don't know who's going to start center for the Celtics. I mean, uh, all the indications have been that Canner's going to come off the bench. So probably Robert Williams starting at center, which is scary to think about Embiid going against Robert Williams. So I think uh, Embiid could have a huge night. And it's going to be really interesting to see how Kemba fits in and uh, the new payday man, Jalen Brown. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, uh, hey, yeah. before we get out of here, Adam, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show, man. I really do appreciate you coming on. We definitely have to do this again. I'm glad we could link up. Of course, you're, yep. you know, you're on Australian time right now. You, it's yep. bright and early for you. You know, it's, you know, we're wrapping up our day over here in the States. Uh, but just tell everybody where they can find your stuff, man, and uh, what you have coming up for them for this NBA season. Yeah, so uh, so I'm on Twitter at AdamKing91. Um, oh, and so, yeah, I do the, the fan tracks stuff. Um, we got a lot of our stuff out really early uh, this season, which was good. Uh, but heading into the, the regular season, we've got um, a bit of a schedule put together. We'll be doing uh, – we've got some DFS stuff coming out. Um, normal, normal sort of content, waiver wires, trade targets, that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to be doing day, daily or semi-daily um, rankings. So in terms of looking at the um, top 20 players at each position over the last seven days. So that'll be um, sort of coming out, at, yeah, at least every two days. Uh, so just to give a, a people a bit of an idea of who's, who's trending up. Um, and some nice players to target, um, and then I mean we'll be we'll be discussing relevant topics, injuries, all that sort of stuff. So it can all be found on um, whether you either get to the the Fantrax HQ site through the through the league site, um, or you can just Google Fantrax HQ and it'll come up in there. And it's all under the the NBA and the Fantasy Basketball Draft Guide is still there. I mean drafts are pretty much done now, but um, yeah, everything's on there. So look, we're excited. We're still we're still building our content. Um, obviously, the fan tracks is more uh, sort of well known for for being a platform for running leagues on. So we are um, still increasing our content and that sort of thing. So, uh, but we've taken some really good steps so far. Um, and, and looking looking ahead, we're very excited with with what we've got coming up. So. Awesome. Fantastic. And then, of course, Al, you're going to be writing your DK articles. Uh, where can people find that this year? That is going to be on expandtheboxscore.com. So expandtheboxscore.com, you can get it through that Twitter handle, and you can get it through my Twitter handle, which is hunta512. That's H-U-N-T-A-512. And I'm going to be putting out four core plays of mine, and those are going to be the guys I'm targeting each night. So go check that out and uh, be on the lookout for more pods. And it's here, guys, the NBA season. I couldn't be happier. Yeah, buddy. All right, yeah, on behalf of Adam King and Al Hunter, my name is Stephen Troni. You can find me at FFProfessorST3 for all your fantasy basketball, fantasy football news uh, and analysis. Uh, we are out of here, folks. Thanks for listening to the Pick and Roll Podcast.